This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Welcome to a Turn on the Jets digital special presentation. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. We're going to do a little something different on this Sunday. I don't know if you've heard about this, but there's a 10-year-old boy in Lexington, Kentucky, who thinks that Tom Brady is a cheater. In fact, he thinks he's proved that Tom Brady is a cheater. You want to know all about this? I sure did. So I made a phone call, and I got him and his father on the phone. Ace Davis, the 10-year-old from Mill Creek Elementary School, who did a school science fair project on whether or not Tom Brady is a cheater, and his father, Chris Davis, are on the line. What's going on, guys? Hey, good morning. Happy Sunday. So he was singing before we started recording. I wasn't sure he was going to do that when we started, but hey, there you go. A little singing from 10-year-old Ace Davis, who is now going to be known not just as a researcher, but I think he could be the next big pop superstar. There's already a very famous rock star named Ace, Ace Frehley from Kiss. This could be the second Ace. In fact, I believe he is named after Ace Frehley, correct? That is correct, sir. Everybody should name their children after awesome rock stars. And this one turned out great, so I think that part of the reason is because of the great name that you gave him. And why do I say he turned out great? Because he dislikes Tom Brady the way that most Jets fans do. But is Tom Brady a cheater? That's one question that everybody has talked about since Deflategate and all the other things that were going on. Ace, you thought you could prove it. Before we get into the actual project, though, I want to know all about you. You're a 10-year-old boy. You live in Lexington, Kentucky. You think Tom Brady's a cheater. What else should we know about you? That I play football, and I'm a quarterback. I like to play Madden and games. Yeah, like that. Chris, what would you tell people that don't know anything about your son, regardless of the science project? What should they know about him? Oh, man, he, he's just the sweetest kid. He really is. He's really witty and outgoing and funny. He's been raised, you know, around a bunch of people with a, you know, a, a sharp sense of humor. And it's been fun watching him over this past 10 years, you know, as my kid just develop his own angle when it comes to that. And, you know, who, who knew uh, that sense of humor would parlay into a science project that captivated the world, you know? <laughs> Let's talk about that too because I was fascinated by this whole story and how it blew up But before we get to how it became a national story What made you want to do this project, Ace? My dad and my three cousins So Chris, this is mostly your fault? Well, what I've said before is like Being a parent, any, any parent would know that they just dread science fairs you know <laughs> let's not beat around the bush man a lot of that work falls on the parents shoulders so uh you just got to make an effort to try and get your kids interested and involved in it so you take take whatever they're passionate about you know and i know he's not passionate about bacteria and fungi but he is passionate about football and you know you think about his cousins and how they bicker about the patriots and his love of the bucks and just back and forth and that it's like deflategate okay Piece of cake, man. Went outside, banged it out in an hour or two, and man, it was literally that simple. Ace, why Tom Brady in particular? Because my cousins absolutely adore him, and we always see him in Super Bowls, and he always brings something funky in, like a 70-yard bomb to Joy and Elman. 
So that's what made you want to investigate whether or not Tom Brady's a cheater? Oh, he's already been accused of it. He lost a first-round pick at $1 million. <laughs> well, tell me about this. You went about doing this project. This is a heck of an undertaking for a 10-year-old. Tell me about how you prepared the project, all the research that went into it, and what your findings were at the end. I had three footballs, one five-pound, one seven-pound, and one nine-pound. They figured out that the five pound you could throw it farther, catch it easier, hit target easier than the seven pound ball and nine pound ball. But the nine pound ball wasn't that hard for me because you, you I usually play with it. And whenever they were playing at the AFC championship in the two thousand fifteen Super Bowl, whenever the middle linebacker for the Indianapolis Colts picked off the football from Tom Brady he said it felt smushy. Interesting. So that's what was the impetus for this. You felt like Tom Brady was somebody that was getting away with things, and you wanted to see if you could scientifically prove it? Yep, but I don't really say it on the science part. We were just trying to go for laughs. <laughs> there you go. Like you said, Chris, a good sense of humor that you raised him with. So, Chris, tell me about when he came home and told you he was going to do this project, and what you thought about it, and then tell me a little bit about, as this project was unfolding, watching him do it, and the findings that he came up with, what were your thoughts on the whole thing? We may be overshooting the planning and the whole process that it that it took to do this. You know, it, it probably took longer to muster up all the photos and get them sent into the drugstore to print off and stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, you, you know, like I said, I, I came up with the idea to get him to do it, and, you know, he thought it was a great idea and drug the whole family out back to toss some footballs around for about two hours. And, gosh, you know, it's, it's that simple, you know, for all the parents listening. You don't have to labor over this. You know, after seeing, like, the district science fair yesterday, there's kids in there that put – gosh months of work into their things and you know bless them they they deserve you know the hardware more than we did with this but look look at just observe your kids see what they do and see what they take interest in man you can really uncover some real gems there common misconception this didn't win first place in the science fair right yeah that's right he, he won an honorable mention he placed top eight for his class and moved on so Yes, it's not not first. That's been widely reported, and you know, media is going to do with with words whatever pushes things. At what point did this blow up? Because as funny as I think this project is, it's not something that I necessarily would think would merit national attention. But here we are. You're on. You were telling me Inside Edition, and he's been on all these shows, and he's having all these articles written about him. What prompted this firestorm? Uh, I can give you a real brief synopsis on how easy it is. Well, easy might be a wrong choice of words, but thing of just a handful of pictures of Ace in its project shared on Facebook, not publicly, just with friends, and within a day. A friend of a friend must have shared it, and uh, NFL Draft Diamonds, a website, picked it up, assays for an interview. He dropped the famous hate word, you know, just like a 10-year-old would talking to his cousins. <laughs> and and I, I put it at about, 
I know I told you in the pre-interview about three days. Now, in hindsight, I'd, I'd say more like two days. Uh, the phone's ringing, and it's Ellen Producers, and it, it just erupted and took flight, and you can't stop it once it goes. Ace, how weird has this been for you? Has it been strange being talked about in national circles as a 10-year-old kid? It's been strange of some of the comments that people have been making. I'm, I mean, I'm just a kid who did a science fair project just trying to be funny. There's some pretty bad comments. Mostly from Patriot fans, I'm guessing? You bet. <laughs> Patriot fans can be a rough crowd. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. So... This becomes a national story. You're getting all this attention. You're trying to prove that Tom Brady is a cheater, and this really blew up. Have you heard from anybody that's connected to Tom Brady at all in any way? Because I would imagine that, if nothing else, Brady, if he heard about this, would probably be amused by it. No. No contact at all, Chris? Not even anybody within the Patriots organization? I mean, it's been shocking. ESPN just kind of left us at the altar with Super Bowl tickets. Uh, we we thought that was going to be a done deal, but as far as anybody reaching out with any you know major publicity outside of like the talk shows, the major talk shows and stuff like that, uh, nobody from an NFL organization really. Um, you know, he, he's been widely, you know, in interviews saying how Jameis Winston's his favorite player. The Winston's, uh, not Jameis personally, but I'm friends would like some of the family members and they've reached out and showed their appreciation, you know, and his support for his quarterback. Um, you know, a funny thing you're talking about, uh, the Boston, the Patriots fans, you know, being kind of ruthless. Uh, one thing I thought I'd never do is like go to a game in Philly, but we, we've received even received love from Eagles fans and they don't love anybody. <laughs> well, you talk trash about Tom Brady and they'll love you. <laughs> I know. It's like it, it, it's so polarizing. It's like, okay, son, we got thirty-one teams, their communities, and their fan bases on our side. You know, I like those odds, thirty-one to one. So that that's been that's been a lot of fun too. But the whole, I won't even give him a plug on here. But you probably know which site he's referring to. That 
that's the one that kind of got under his skin being a 10 year old yeah i know exactly which website you're talking about and i would think they'd have better things to do than attack a 10 year old kid but hey i guess it's the slow season or something so ace i gotta ask you this has it been kind of a whirlwind even at school have your classmates and your friends treated you any differently has it been strange even with teachers because you've become sort of semi-famous around the country nope i don't think so chris any difference in the community any of the other parents or residents whether it's teasing you or patting you on the back or anything like that anything different there no we we've done a couple things like publicly um like as far as like the science fair um there was like I would say an extra security presence there. Just they, there's been no nonsense or shenanigans. So, um, but they've been looking out for our best interests, you know, as far as like the local authorities and stuff like that, they have reached out and said, they're keeping an eye on us and keeping an eye on things. Even though we don't know, <laughs> even though we don't know they're there, they're there. That, that whole kind of mantra. Ah, the invisible hand. Of course yeah. you mentioned the science fair, Chris, Ace, you didn't win first place in that, right? That was the Fayette County District Fair? No. I got fourth place in my school. And at the district, there was just a bunch of people who actually, like, tried. I'm not saying that we didn't try, though. But they actually, like, put in a lot of work. And they were way, way, way smarter than me. I mean... I could barely even read. <laughs> <laughs> You're being modest. You were smart enough to generate enough buzz to become a national story. Chris, has this been funny for you watching your son do all these interviews and see his personality come out like this at such an early age? Oh, yeah. Like that very first one, how... Ellen wanted the exclusive. She's like, stop everything you're doing. We want to talk to him first. And we did like a 20-minute screener with him. And Ace did his best impersonation of like an ironing board, you know? <laughs> and now, now here he is singing to you guys, you know, in New York, you know. Instead of saying hello, he's giving you a ballad. So <laughs> it shows you how relaxed he's gotten with it. Ace, legitimately, I know we use the word hate in passing. You don't actually hate Tom Brady, right? No. What would you say to Tom Brady if you ever met him? Would you accuse him to his face of being a cheater? I would actually ask him for some quarterback tips because he's been in, like, so many Super Bowls. <laughs> if he says, how to deflate a football, I am walking out of that room ASAP. <laughs> Is Brady the gold standard for you? Is that the guy... That you would like to be like as far as the success level? Is he your role model? Nope. Joe Montana. Maybe Steve Young, too. Two very excellent choices. Two of the best of all time. No question about it. So, the New England Patriots have been super successful. Tom Brady has been super successful. Do you think that your project will do anything to cast a dark cloud on Tom Brady, even if it's in a humorous way? Do you think it's? Do you think you got in his head? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was trying to translate that question for a ten-year-old. You kind of lost him, but yeah, you know, I, I I think he might he might have took up you know a few feet of real estate. And Tom Brady said, you know, maybe a few inches of real estate. 
Ace, you did a science experiment, but I feel like a team should do an experiment of their own involving you. They should fly you out to their games, have you sit in the front row watching Tom Brady like a hawk and see if it gets to him, see if it bothers him, see if it affects his performance at all. I feel like the Jets should be the team that tries this and flies you out to both games, the one here in New York and then also at Foxborough. What would you think about that, Ace? How would you feel about flying around every Sunday to be the official jinx against Tom Brady for some team that's trying to beat the Patriots? That was a lot of words. (laughs) Chris, you want to go ahead and translate that? (laughs) I I shall translate, sir. (laughs) Give me a sec. Okay, what he was asking is, do you think teams should pay you to come be like a good luck charm? I hope so. Uh, Ace Davis, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate you talking about your project and Tom Brady with me. Chris, it's been a pleasure talking to you as well. Why don't you go ahead, Ace, and tell everybody where they can find you. I know you have a website and a Twitter, right? Ace-Davis.com. And he doesn't have his Twitter memorized. That's at AceDavis13 on Twitter and Ace-Davis.com. There you go, ace-davis.com if you want to learn all about Ace and his project. And if you are a Jets fan or a Patriots fan, I'm sure you do. If you're a Patriots fan, I only ask that if you don't like the project, A, as you just heard Ace say, it was a joke, and B, he's 10 years old, get a life. If you're a Jets fan, feel free to have a really funny look at this and chuckle and understand that this is all that we can do as Jets fans is laugh at stuff like this because Tom Brady has been torturing us for the better part of the last two decades. Guys, thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. Good luck with everything. Hey, thanks, man. I think Ace wants to give Jamal Adams a shout-out, too. Oh, that's right. I forgot <laughs> Forgot to ask about that. Tell me what you love about Jamal Adams. His heart and his skills. Two great things about him. Go ahead. Shout him out. Shout-out, Jamal Adams. Here you go, Jamal Adams. You heard it. 10-year-old Ace Davis, who went about trying to prove that Tom Brady is a cheater, also is a huge fan of yours. So hopefully one day we'll get an opportunity to see the two of you meet. It'll be like a clashing of the titans. I'm looking forward to it. Guys, thanks so much. Thanks, Scott. Take care, buddy. Hey, guys. This is Greg Peterson, host of the podcast Hooping with Hoops. Despite the fact that college basketball is in the offseason, it's never too early to get a jump start on taking a look at these teams because there is now 357 of them for the upcoming 2020-2021 college basketball season. I'm going to give you guys a deep dive on every last one of them, keep up with all the transfers in college basketball, and so much more. You are able to subscribe to Hooping with Hoops on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Now it's time for a little bonus content with one of my favorite writers over at TurnOnTheJets.com. He was our correspondent at the Senior Bowl in Mobile, Alabama. A tremendous follow on Twitter and a great writer when it comes to everything involving the NFL draft. Great takes involving the New York Jets, too. Really glad to have him on to share his roundtable thoughts on this Sunday. Mr. Clayton Smarslock. Clayton, what's going on, man? Hey, Scott. I appreciate the praise there. Hey, listen, I speak the truth. The question is, what is the truth when it comes to what the Jets are going to do this offseason and what they've already done? So let's start with the past. Adam Gase, the new head coach. Mike McCagnin sticking around as general manager. Greg Williams coming in as the defensive coordinator. What are your thoughts on all of this? Okay, so I want to go with like a love-like hate kind of thing. <laughs> I love the Greg Williams. Yeah, I love the Greg Williams hire. I 
like I, I, I don't know. It's like a lesser than like, <laughs> like <laughs> if you have your tire and hate McCagney staying around. Um, I, I wish they kind of just cleaned house. Uh, McCagney technically brought in Jamal Adams. He brought in Sam Donald, but like, I, I, how much credit can you actually give him when he, when they just fell on his lap? Uh, you have to see him hit those, uh, hit those mid round picks and which he has really kind of failed to do. Um, then Adam Gase, he got hired. He wasn't really anyone's top choice outside of like maybe a couple people. I, I was really looking forward to see like Matt, uh, yeah, Matt Rule or Todd Munkin. Um, those guys really intrigued me. I like what they brought to the, uh, what they could have brought to the organization. But I mean, I really just liked the high when it first happened. But when you get players like Peyton Manning and uh, Tony, I believe Tony Romo said something too. Uh, when, they, when players like or people just from that stature are talking that highly about it, I, I feel like it can only make you feel a little better. Um, but like now, like just as a Jets fan, you just have to hope and hope for the best and see what happens. As long I don't, I really don't. I think Sam Darnold is going to be amazing no matter what, no matter what the coaching is. Um, so I, I just, I just got to hope that Adam Gase is hopefully the answer. And then Greg Williams, I love it. I love it like how just like I don't know, pretty much insane he is on the sidelines. <laughs> I mean, I think he him and Jamal Adams, he, like Jamal Adams wanted dog. Greg Williams is a dog, and I think he's going to do a lot of work with this defense. Uh, we're most likely going to see a transition to the four three defense, which we haven't seen since Herm Edwards. So yeah, I'm really excited to see what he can do in New York. Clayton, let's move on to free agency because that's the next big thing on the calendar for the New York Jets. Let's leave Le'Veon Bell to the side for now. He'll be our main event. We'll come back to him later. But what do you think the Jets should be looking to do in free agency? I mean, you got to look at Ed Rusher. Uh, I mean, like I just mentioned, we don't know if we're, we're most likely going to transition to a 4-3. Uh, so you, you might need like that defensive end or like the outside linebacker in a 3-4. Who knows as of right now. But you have to get one no matter what. Uh, we haven't had one since John Abraham. And what was that? 2005. If I'm not mistaken. It was his last season. And that you, you can't go over 10 seasons without, an, without like a legitimate pass rusher. If like a Demarcus Lawrence or Jadavion Clowney or Brandon Graham, I, I, the list goes on and on. If any of these guys hit, hit the market, you have to do what it takes to at least get one of them in. A guy like Grady Jarrett would be nice. Uh, you saw what he did against, uh, Tom Brady in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, even though the, the game didn't end as well as we wanted. Uh, we did see what he can bring to the table. And then on the offensive, offensive side, it has to be protecting Sam Darnold. You, you have to get offensive line, uh, whether it's through this or the draft. You got guys like Matt Paredes, uh, Mitch Morris from Kansas City, uh, Roger Saffold from the Rams. And there are some names out there. While they m- might not be like the top names in the NFL, they are going to be major upgrades for this offensive line. Because what do we got? We got James Carpenter, he's gone. Spencer Long, he could be gone. And even if he isn't, he should be gone. <laughs> um, and then Brandon Shell has, has a knee injury. Who knows what's going to happen there? And Kelvin Beecham is an adequate left tackle. Um, nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, so I would like to see offensive line for sure if they, if they uh, go that route. 
Clayton, let's get to your primary area of interest, the NFL draft. Last year, the only mystery was which quarterback the Jets were going to pick because we all knew what they were going to be doing as far as which position they would target. This year, nobody's 100% sure. Could be an edge rusher, could be an offensive lineman. And beyond that, the Jets have plenty of picks the rest of the way. They don't have a second rounder, but they do have two third rounders and the rest of their picks all the way through round seven. So what do you think the Jets should be looking to do, not just in the first round, but beyond? And are there any other prospects besides the obvious that you think the Jets should be looking at in the mid to late rounds? Yeah, so in the, let's stick with the first round for a short minute. Like, I think the first thing they got to do is look to trade back. Um, like you mentioned, they don't have a second round pick. And this roster has a lot of holes. And you're not going to be able to fill them all in free agency, and nor should they. So if they get like a a good package for some, from someone like the Jaguars or the Broncos or hell, even the Redskins from, uh, from 15. I mean, I think you really have to look into doing it, but if they do stay there, I would, I would like to take a Quinn Williams or, um, or God willing, uh, Nick Bosa or maybe even Josh Allen. And then when you get to the, like mid, like the later rounds, I mean, I mentioned like after the senior bowl, Terry McLaurin, uh, from Ohio State, he's a receiver. I think he's, like, I watched his film, like, right afterwards, and then watching him in the game and the practices and on film, this guy is actually a pretty good receiver. I really like what I see out of him. He's taking, maybe he goes into, like, the top 100, so that would mean he would be, like, the first, their first pick in the fourth round, or their only pick in the fourth round, sorry. Um, like, I, I, I would love that. I, I think that'd be a great pick for them. But they also need to look at offensive. I would prefer to get offensive lines through the draft because they've been collected drafting that position for so long. They don't have any legitimate young guys. So I would like to see them build in that area. Maybe like a a Chris Lindstrom from Boston College or a Garrett Bradbury from North Carolina State or Elgin uh, Jenkins from Mississippi State. These interior lines, there's a lot of good interior linemen in this class. I, I feel like you have to take one of them in the third round, or if you trade, or even if you want to trade up for one of them in the second round, I feel like you have to do that. You have to protect your prized possession, which is Sam Darnold. Speaking of helping out the prized possession, Sam Darnold, we talked about Le'Veon Bell before, and I said that we would keep him to the end. So here we are at the end, the main event. Let's talk about Le'Veon Bell. Is that a move that a you think the Jets should make, and b you think they will make? All right, so. In my own head, I keep going back and forth, back and forth, because I do think running back is not is not one of the most valuable positions in the league. Yes, a player like Le'Veon Bell, when he was at the top of his game, would be incredible for this offense. But do you want to spend the money that he's asking for on a running back who just took a year off, who we don't know if he's in training properly, and he could be more likely to get injured. Uh, he might now that he has his money, he might not want to try as hard. And I feel like there are questions about him as like a, a person. Like I don't know if I want to risk that. But on the other side, you you might get that top playmaker in the league, which would be so huge for Darnold and the offensive line and the receivers. It would just help out the entire offense and quite frankly make Adam Gase look better too, having a player like him. So should they do it? Uh, I I kind of lean no because I I I personally like Tevin Coleman. I feel like more than most. And also in the 2020 draft, I know I'm looking really far ahead. 
but there are going to be a ton of running backs in that class. And I think you can get a stud, whether it's in the first round or maybe you get one in the later round, like Phil Lindsay. He was just, he just made the prologue undrafted free agent. Like, I feel like at that position, you can kind of get lucky there. Um, and will they, I honestly, I don't know if they will. I don't know if Le'Veon Bell fits what McCagney liked in his locker room. Uh, but, this also could be like a higher up decision. Like, all right, we need to get this guy from like uh, Christopher Johnson. So I, I don't think they will end up getting him, but they'll definitely do the uh, due diligence. Final topic, Clayton, the trade market, any possibilities you like there? There's been some rumblings about AJ green, maybe Antonio Brown, some other veterans, any moves that you would look to make or any moves you think the jets are going to try to make there? Uh, I I don't think they're going to make any trades. For a player, uh, just because, like I mentioned, they they don't have the draft capital. They don't have a lot of players that are really worth worth anything in a trade to get another player. Um, so while getting a player like AJ Green might be nice, granted he is he also is thirty, might be thirty one going into next year. Uh, he's had a couple injury riddled seasons. He when he's on the field, he's a top receiver. He's a number one receiver. But when you're getting to that age and you're having nagging injuries with only one year left on the contract, do you really want to give up anything for that? So you might not even sign him. So like, while it, it might be nice to have him, I, I think they got to try to build through the draft and they have to, they really have to hope for the best in building, like, like actually hitting on these picks. Get ready to read his work all throughout draft season because he's one of the best out there. Him and Joe Moffler are going to be basically carrying us through our draft coverage, I think, for the next couple of months. Clayton Smarslock. Clayton, thank you so much for coming on. For anybody that doesn't know where to find you, go ahead and let them know. Yeah, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's uh, at CSmars NFL Draft. Um, yeah, and like you said, I'll be, I'll be covering it all throughout, uh, all throughout the spring, the end of winter, all the way until April 26th, I think. I'm actually constantly talking about the draft. So if you're interested, give me a follow Go ahead and follow Clayton. He's got tons of great draft information on Twitter every single day and plenty of great articles that you can read right now at Turn on the Jets. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with a brand new podcast with Chris Nimbley tomorrow talking about all the shakeups with the Jets coaching staff and all the drama that may ensue. In the meantime, though, for all the latest and greatest in New York Jets content and podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.